So recently I've been spending a lot of time thinking about the way we do things as an industry and, and almost trying to rethink the way we do things as an industry. And I'll give you an example of something I'm thinking about. Labor. Labor is one of our biggest expenses on a, on a monthly p and It's one of the key line items that keeps us from actually turning a profit. And yet there are solutions out there that will allow us to run with less people, will allow us to run with better people and actually support the people that we want to support and, and, and surround ourselves with. And it will actually provide a better guest experience. So why then do we resist? On today's episode, I want to first invite you to rethink the role of the waiter, and I'm going to use that as a, as a flashpoint to talk about the, the industry at large, and, and hopefully that will allow us to rethink everything about our industry, everything about the way we staff our businesses, about the way we go towards profitability. All of that on today's episode of Restaurant Strategy. Don't go anywhere. There's an old saying that goes something like this. You'll only find three kinds of people in the world. Those who see those who will never see, and those who can see when shown. This is Restaurant Strategy, a podcast with answers for anyone who's looking. Tuning in, my name is Chip Close, and this is Restaurant Strategy, a podcast dedicated entirely to the hospitality industry. We cover marketing operations and everything in between. Each week, I leverage my 20 plus years in the industry to help you build a more profitable and a more sustainable business. I also work directly with operators all over the world through my group coaching programs to help you address and overcome the specific challenges that we all face in our industry. Curious to learn more? Then set up a free 30-minute strategy session by visiting restaurantstrategypodcast.com slash schedule. The first group is actually already filled up, and so we started a whole other cohort. And I promise, if you're ready for consistent profits, then this is for you. Level up by surrounding yourself with other restaurant owners who are dealing with the same things you are. I can show you a better way to run your restaurant so that you work less and make a whole lot more money. Again, to get started, visit restaurantstrategypodcast.com slash schedule. As always, you'll find that link in the show notes. Now. You work hard to make sure your restaurant moves like a well-oiled machine. From managing staff to tracking food costs, your work is never-ending, especially when you're trying to improve your profit margin. That's why I'm a fan of Spot On. You might know them as a point-of-sale company, right? A POS, but they're a whole lot more. With Spot On, you get a seamless restaurant tech solution that boosts revenue and actually manages costs. From handhelds that are known to drive a 30% increase in sales and bigger tips, to commission-free online ordering, to time-saving labor management tech, they've got all the tools in one integrated system, plus a customer support team that actually answers the phone. Spot On is trusted by thousands of restaurants from Michelin-starred Single Thread down to your local brew pub and everything in between. Running a restaurant shouldn't mean sacrificing the passion that got you there in the first place. Spot On's tech helps you get out of the weeds and back to your guests. Visit spoton.com slash chip to learn more. That link, of course, is also in the show notes. Okay, so we're going to talk about the problem and then we're going to talk about the solution. we got to start first by talking about the problem, right? It's hard to find people. 
It's hard to train people, at least to, to train them to be as good as we need them to be. Uh, it's hard to then keep the good people that we do find harder still to pay our bills when we have to pay people what they are now asking to be paid, right? Ours is a people industry. We hire people, we work with people, we buy from people, we sell to people. Everything about what we do has to do with the people. And yet the people bog us down, especially as our uh, narrow profit margins keep getting narrower and narrower and narrower. Now, I'm not saying, uh, I'm not saying in this episode that I want to lose a lot of jobs. I really don't. I just think there are people who love this industry and, and are good at this industry and want to be in this industry. And I think there are plenty of people who, who aren't good at this industry, who don't want to be in this industry, who use this as a means to an end. And that doesn't make it bad, but when it comes to us, right? We, we, uh, we, we pay everyone. Tell me if this, uh, if this sounds familiar as a restaurant owner, right? You pay your rent on time. You pay all the invoices. You pay all your partners, your purveyors, the distributors. You pay your staff, right? You never miss, miss payroll. And yet how many times do you miss paying yourself? You pay everybody out. You get to the P&L at the end of the month and you go, you look at it and say, hey, did we make money? Did we make money? Do I get to pay myself? It's wrong. Uh, it's wrong on so many levels, and, and it's not the right way to build a business. This is what we work on with my clients all the time in the Accelerator Mastermind Group. But you have to start with the end in mind. you got to figure out how much revenue you need to do in order to give yourself the profit that you deserve to make. And then you got to build all the rest of the numbers about that. But that's for another day, for another episode, another conversation. You want to talk about what the, the work we do in uh, my coaching program in the Mastermind? Set up a call. You already have the link. It's in the show notes. That's not what this is about, but it's connected to that because what I want to talk about is this problem where everyone gets paid before we do, and I don't think it's fair, and I think you know it's not fair, and then we feel guilty when we actually turn a profit and we actually take some for ourselves and buy something nice or take our kids on a trip or, or whatever it is. I think it's BS. So I want, to, I want to look at where we're at, but I want to do that through a little bit of a history lesson, right? So let's be really honest. Restaurants have been around for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. And yet the way that we run our restaurants now, the system we use was basically invented about 250 years ago in Paris, France. The system we have now, right, where you make a reservation, you come in, you're handed a list of everything they're prepared to make for you. That's called a menu. You pick something from the list. They serve you that something. You pay for what you consume and you leave. They clear the table, they reset it, and they seat it again. That is the system that was invented 250 years ago in Paris, France. And, 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 and that's not the only way to do it. They did it that way because it was the only way they knew how. They had limitations. They had limitations that you and I no longer have. So it begs the question, why are we still running our businesses with the same limitations. If it was working and we were all making a ton of money, I would say, great, yeah, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But when it's broken, shame on us. Shame on us for not seeking out a more efficient, more cost-effective solution, a better way of running things. Because you know what? There are better ways of running things. Technology, which we're gonna get to, and we're gonna spend a great deal of time talking about, technology now exists to help solve some of the biggest friction points that we have. And today, I wanna to specifically talk about labor because we've had a labor problem for the last two or three years, uh, and actually dating back before the pandemic. But we've got a labor problem, right? It's hard to find people, it's hard to keep people. The people we do find, we have to pay more than we've ever paid before. And still, we're not getting what we need to out of them, right? 
So this is a this is a, a problem, right? So let's talk about the problem. Let's talk about how we got here. Again, restaurants have been around for thousands of years, but the model we now use was used to uh, was uh, started 250 years ago. It was basically invented back in Paris, France. So what is that system? Chefs in the kitchen, the guests are in the dining room. There's no way for the two parties to communicate, so we need an intermediary, someone to be the go-between, to greet the table, to ask them what they want, to go tell the chef what to prepare, and then to take the food from the kitchen over to the uh, dining room, and then to settle the payment and reset the table and do it all over again. We needed that intermediary. That intermediary is the waiter, the role of the server. Again, it was invented about 250 years ago. Yes, there has always been staff. But restaurants, when you go back and look at, you know, uh, uh, the Tudor period uh, or, or Middle Ages England or, or back in, in you know, in, in uh, ancient Rome, restaurants worked differently. The way we, we paid for things, what we got for what we paid for, uh, how we were served and how we consumed what we ate as consumers. Right. This idea of the full service restaurant, which, which is the, the restaurant model that every that has spawned all of the other models. Right. Fast casual and quick service and fine dining, they've all stemmed from this idea that people come in, they need to be taken care of. What do you want? What can I get for you? And that's all great. Back 250 years ago, that's just the thing that made the most sense. But everybody has a device in their pockets right now that allows them to very easily, effectively, and efficiently communicate with the kitchen. So your guests are in the dining room with a device that allows them to communicate with the kitchen. And the kitchen now has a way to communicate back to them. Because guess what? You can send a push notification. You can send a text. Hey, isn't that novel? What if everybody just ordered their food on their phone, paid for what they consumed on their phone, and if there was a problem with the table, if things were running behind, the chef just sent a quick text. What if when the food was getting picked up, they said, picking up your food now. Food will be out in seven minutes. Wow, what, what would that do? Right? What would that do? To the, to, the, to the dining room. Wouldn't that be better service? Wouldn't that uh, improve the experience? So for this, I'm reminded of the subway system, right? So in New York City, we added uh, little timers, right? Little display, um, display signs, right? Digital signs that displayed when the next train was coming and the one after that and the one after that. And this went all the way back to London. London, I think, was one of the first cities to really roll it out. And what they found is that they ran the same schedule, right? Everyone said it takes too long for the trains. Trains are taking too long. T trains are taking too long. Instead of going to the huge expense of running more trains, they simply put a sign up there to tell you when the next train was coming. They managed the guest's expectations. In, in this case, the guest is the rider, right? The commuter. Simply by telling you when the next one's going to come, it puts you at ease and you're able to manage your time waiting on the platform while you wait for the train. Man, wouldn't, wouldn't, that, change the, uh, wouldn't that change the dynamic here? But that's a solution. That's a potential solution. And we're going to get to that later in the episode. Really, right now, I just want to make sure that we outline the problem. The problem is, for me, is that we're using an archaic system that we no longer need to use. And because of some preciousness or some, some hold on to, to something, I don't know, we're holding on to paper menus. Paper menus are wasteful. We know they're not good for the environment. They're expensive. Right? They take a lot of time and effort. We can now very easily go into the back, into our POS system, change the menu, change the pricing, and have it be reflected on everybody's phones or everybody's tablets or whatever, the kiosks, whatever device you give your guests to order. 
So rather than at the beginning of the night, coming up with a menu of everything you've got, and then you've got a bunch of 86s, and actually we're out of this, so instead of the red snapper, we're actually serving a black bass. Instead of all that, when you're out of red snapper and you're moving to black bass, you just go back into the computer and you change it in the, in the system. It's now black bass. Now the guest just sees black bass. They don't see red snapper. That technology is available to us. And again, we talk about creating a better guest experience and actually managing their expectations, which is part of providing a better guest experience. We have the opportunity to do that. On top of all that, servers, waiters, are very difficult to find. They're very difficult to train. They're very difficult to manage. I'm talking overall. When we're talking about waiters, there are really good waiters. There are mediocre waiters. There are bad waiters. And any, any restaurant has on their staff, and, and I, hope you'll, uh, I hope you'll agree with me. I'm sure you have this. Let's say you have 10 waiters on staff. You probably have three rock stars, four in the middle, and three horrible people. I, I, I'm guessing. I, I'm guessing because every restaurant I've worked in or worked with, now it's close to 200 restaurants, every single restaurant I've ever worked in or worked with has had the same basic statistics. The top third is great. Middle third is okay. The bottom third is terrible. Pretty much every restaurant, what do you got? Four servers, 10 servers, 50 servers. First restaurant I ever worked at here in New York City was uh, anywhere between 70 and 80 servers on the schedule. It was a 400 seat restaurant right in Times Square. It was huge. And guess what? Same thing existed. There were like 15 or 20 great servers. There were a bunch in the middle. And then there were a handful of horrible, horrible servers. But we had a lot of seats to, to get coverage, a lot of tables needed coverage, a lot of shifts. We were open for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. It was, uh, we needed a lot of coverage. So you just sort of had to deal with, uh, with, a, with, poor, with poor servers, right? Hey, guess what? That was 20 years ago. That's not some post-pandemic uh, thing that just happened. That was 20 years ago, and I'm guessing there are probably listen, uh, people listening to this podcast uh, that have been around a lot longer than me that can think back 30, 40, 50 years ago and think the same thing. So when we know that's a problem, right, when labor pulls down our budget like it does and we're not getting the most out of it and we're spending so much time, some could say wasting time, having to place, uh, having to place job postings and go through the resumes and try and line up interviews and then try to convince people to come in and take the job, that's a problem. All that time you're spending trying to find people is time you're not spending doing, uh, I'm, I'm guessing, at least 10 to 20 other higher value tasks. And no matter who you delegate that task to, they're dealing the same thing. So again, 250 years ago when this system was invented, there was no way for the guest to talk to the kitchen or the kitchen to talk to the guest. And now everyone has a device in their pocket that will allow them to do that. And I think... 80% of the restaurants in this country would benefit from losing the waiter system and going to something else. Introducing technological solutions that will allow you to trim your payroll, actually provide better service, and, and drive more sales, and we'll get to all that. So when we look at the problem, the problem is here because we're afraid to take action. We're afraid to change. And man, that's bizarre to me, given the last three years that we've had, where this pandemic has forced us to rethink everything, has forced us to change our business model, has forced us to, to add uh, revenue streams and to think more deliberately about what we do, how we do it, why we do it. 
I think it's a problem. I think it's a problem that we run around complaining about something to which there are solutions and we don't observe them and we, and we, don't, uh, we don't go after them. So listen, if you're the kind of restaurant, fine dining, certainly. I think fine dining uh, will always have an abundance of staff. I think that's what we pay for. We pay for that attention to detail. The captain, the front waiter, the back waiter, the sommelier, the maitre d', the barista, the food runner, all of that. We pay for that. That's what you're paying for. You're paying for that attention to detail. And it should be flawless when you're at the fine dining level. But let's be honest. Maybe 5% of the restaurants in this country, maybe even less, will be generous and say 5% of the restaurants in this country are quote unquote fine dining. We can go more if you feel like there are more. 10%, right? Maybe 10% of the restaurants in this country. I don't think it's that many, but we can say that if you want. But at least 80% of the restaurants in this country could benefit from some sort of technological uh, intervention, let's say, because we don't have to do things the way we've been doing things. So if I've convinced you that there's a problem, then I urge you to stick around so we can talk about the solution, of which there are a few that I would love to share with you. But all of that after a word from another one of our sponsors. Now, today's episode of Restaurant Strategy is also brought to you by Seven Shifts. Seven Shifts is a team management platform built specifically for restaurants. Great restaurants are built by great teams, and Seven Shifts is your secret weapon to better understand your restaurant, hit labor targets, and keep your entire team connected with drag-and-drop scheduling, in-app communication, task management, tip management, and more. It makes restaurant work a lot easier. From back of house to front of house, managers, franchise owners, and larger corporate teams, Seven Shifts has benefits at every single level. Plus, it integrates with the other systems your restaurant already uses, like POS and payroll. Turn your team into your competitive advantage. Restaurant Strategy podcast listeners get three months absolutely free. Get started at sevenshifts.com slash restaurant strategy. That's the number seven, S-H-I-F-T-S dot com slash restaurant strategy to get three months free and join over 30,000 restaurants using Seven Shifts today. As always, you'll find that link in the show notes. Now, we said we're going to talk about the problem, and now we're going to talk about the solution. Hopefully, I've convinced you that some of what we're doing right now makes no sense. It makes no sense to struggle to make payroll, to have such high, you know, 30, 35, 40 plus percent labor numbers, and to not explore some of the solutions that will allow us to get those numbers down below 30, below 25. Can you even imagine that? So let's agree there's a, there's a problem. There's something that doesn't make sense about the model of running a restaurant and running a restaurant that is going for profitability. There's a problem. Let's talk about some potential solutions. And for these, we don't have to agree. For these, it's fine. But if I've convinced you that there is a problem, and I hope you close your eyes and think to yourself and say, yep, I got a problem. Even if you don't agree with any of these solutions, I hope one of these sparks in you the drive to find a solution that does make sense for you. So I'm going to talk about a couple of different things. If you don't like them, fine. If you do like them, implement them. If you have questions about them, email me. You know I answer each and every email I get. Chip at chipclose.com. I will include that in the show notes. If you have questions about how to integrate them, I'm happy to chat. I've done this for numerous clients. And I'm still working on this because I think it's that important. So 
If you want to talk about the solutions, my solutions, some of the things I'm working on, I'm happy to chat. If you don't like any of the things I suggest, fine. But don't take that, uh, don't, don't take that out on yourself. If you don't like me, if you don't like what I'm saying, totally fine. Then go find your own solutions. So let this be uh, the spark that forces you to make a change. So again, talk about problems, now let's talk about solutions. One of the things that's driven me crazy over the last couple of years, right, especially over the last year or two, uh, and I get this a lot from operators when I talk to them, uh, some of my clients, some some potential clients as I'm having initial conversations with them, they say, I, I can't find waiters, I can't find waiters. And my response is always the same. Why do you even still have waiters? Waiters are a holdover from 250 years ago. It was the only way to run a restaurant for a very long time, as far as 10 years ago. It was the only way to run a restaurant with waiters. But guess what? We don't need them anymore. So let's talk about how we can replace waiters, rethink waiters. It's probably a, a better way of putting it. And let's talk about some of the technology solutions that exist for every different, uh, every different level, right? So first of all, for takeout and delivery, you must have a system for driving diners, for driving customers to your website. And you need a way to collect orders on your website, not having them call in because that ties up the phone lines and you're paying somebody $15, $20 an hour to sit there and answer the phones. That makes no sense anymore. So you need to make online ordering a priority. You gotta have a website that's very easy to access, online ordering that's very easy to find and very easy to navigate. You have to make that frictionless. So when we're talking at the um, uh, for takeout and delivery and fine dining, casual, quick service, they all have takeout and delivery. You need a solution for that. You can't keep the, the lines tied up. For quick service and fast casual, you need to be integrating kiosk technology. We'll talk about that. And then for full service restaurants, I think you need to rethink the role of the waiter. I think you need to be looking at table ordering and uh, having people pay at the table, right? And the technology exists in order to do that. So now let's work backwards, right? Full service restaurants, quick service and fast casual, and then takeout and delivery. We'll tackle each one as we go along. And I promised you we're gonna talk about the waiter, right? Again, 250 years ago, restaurants were invented in Paris, France. Uh, we needed an intermediary, someone to take the order, Go tell that order to the kitchen and then bring that order to the table and then clean up process payment and all of that. We needed that person and we no longer need that person. Now at the fine dining level, again, like I said, yeah, we want those people. I think that's what we pay for as uh, fine dining consumers. When we go out for a fancy meal, we wanna be waited on hand and foot. But most of the restaurants, I'd say like 80 plus percent of the restaurants in this country are not that. They're quick service, they're fast casual, they're a family restaurant, they're a full service casual restaurant. Even up to like upscale casual, I think you could introduce some of these technological solutions. So now, we introduced the QR code back during the pandemic because everybody was afraid about getting COVID on a menu and transferring COVID. It was a scary time, nobody knew what was going on. I get it, I get why we did it. And then it became a really great way to save costs because we realized printing paper menus pretty frequently was, um, was expensive. Um, and then it became a really great way for a lot of places to start integrating table ordering and then table payment. From the beginning, I have been a huge, huge proponent of this technology because it just makes sense. Let me tell you the two things, two biggest complaints we get in the restaurant industry, and this is going like 100 years, 
It took too long and I couldn't find my waiter. Those are the two biggest issues we have all the time because the waiters are doing a lot of different things, meaning they got to go to the table, take the order, and then run into the corner and tap that into the uh, the terminal in the corner. And yes, I know. Now we've got this uh, sort of handheld devices, uh, which are very handy, which are very helpful. I don't understand why uh, restaurants that still have waiters do not use the handhelds. They're that good because it cuts out half the time. It frees the waiters up to be on the floor in their station. But if we also took away the task of them having to actually take the order, which if you think about it, is just sort of like copying stuff down. You go to the table and say, what do you want? You copy it down. What do you want? You copy it down. What do you want? You copy it down. I think it's more than appropriate to ask our guests to do that for us. And here's something I get all the time. I get operators who come to me and say, no, 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 no. People don't want that. People don't want that. They don't know how to do it. They're overwhelmed by technology and all of that. And that's BS also. Because let me tell you what the data says. The data says that the average American household orders home, uh, orders food at home through Uber Eats, DoorDash, Grubhub, through those third-party platforms. They order food at home on their phone on average one to two times a week. The average American home does that just fine. They're sitting in their living room. They're going, hey, what do you want? Yeah, okay, what do you want? Yep, got it. What do you want? And they plug it all in and they hit send. When they hit send, it charges their card. Why? Why would we not ask them to just do that when they're with us? Hey, you do that at home, you're also going to do that with us. Now, here's the thing. When I say we have to rethink waiters, right, or get rid of waiters, I do think we have to get rid of waiters. But I'm not saying get rid of all front of house service staff. I'm not. I'm saying we don't need waiters anymore. That job description is superfluous. So if we take that task from them of copying down orders and regurgitating them into a computer, if we remove that task from them, then guess what? They're no longer waiters. They're no longer waiting for people to tell them what they want. Now we can call them something like ambassadors. Now, instead of taking four table stations, they can take eight or 10 table stations because what they're required to do at each table is much less time consuming. Half a waiter's night is spent either taking the order or going and ringing the order into the computer. So when we free them up of all that time, they're actually able to give great service. There's a great case study uh, put out about McDonald's and when they, uh, in, you know, when they um, introduced the kiosks. And we'll get to that in a minute, but it has direct applications to this. You think by asking people to order on a computer, order on a tablet or a screen or their phone, that we are somehow uh, being less hospitable. And the opposite is actually true. Because if we free up our people, our waiters, now we're going to call them ambassadors, if we free them up from the task of having to take an order and regurgitate an order into a computer, we free them up to be on the floor, in their station, answering questions, guiding the diner, being there to make uh, suggestive upsells, to to get second beverage sales. The, The guest is actually going to appreciate having them around, and they're going to make you more money. What's also cool is when you go from having them run a four table station to an eight table station, as you can imagine, you need less people on the floor. So instead of having five servers on the floor, you can probably run with two or three. So you cut money off your payroll. Then, and now we we talked about this earlier, when you look at your entire staff, let's say you've got 10, uh, 10 people on staff, you no longer need 10, you only need six or seven maybe. So then you lose that bottom third you lose the worst people on your staff. Then you keep people 
that you really want there, the people that really want to be there. And guess what? They will make more money. Because what we found time and time again, there is a significant data to support this, and my personal experience can also uh, speak to this, is that people still tip 15 to 20% pretty much across the board, whether they have somebody there taking their order or not, because they're still there to greet them, to get their drink order, to run their drinks, to clear their drinks, to bring their food, to clear their food, to talk about the menu, guide them through the experience, make upsells, make recommendations, to make sure they have everything they need. So remember I said the two biggest complaints that uh, that we hear for like the last hundred years? It took too long and I couldn't find my waiter. Well, now their waiter's always gonna be there. Always on the floor, in the station, because they're spending much less time at each individual table. They will be able to be more present. We're solving one key problem. And as I uh, as I suggested earlier, now, now we can use technological tools to communicate actually with the table. Now the chef can send a message. Order received, right? I got your order. How, how novel is that? Here we are, 250 years and maybe 30 years into this t- uh, technology revolution, and, and only in the last couple of years have I, you know, do I place an order on Uber Eats and do I get a message from the institution, you know, or what seems like from the institution, like order's been received, working on it. What if we did that in our restaurants? What if the kitchen said, got your order, starting to work on it? Or when it came time to fire their food or pick up their food, say, we're picking up your food, you're next up, it's gonna be approximately five to seven minutes. What would that do? Again, like all the commuters waiting on the uh, the platform of the subway, if we can just manage their expectations, doesn't that give an opportunity for the server to come over and say, hey, you know, I'm sure you saw your food's gonna come out in the next five to seven minutes, who needs, can I refresh anybody's drink? Can I get you a, a, another glass of wine to go, with your, uh, to go with your main course that's coming out? There's an opportunity there to be more hospitable, and yes, to actually make more money. So, if we don't need as many people on staff, as many people on the floor, we then lose our poor performers at the bottom, and we can then focus on our great performers and our okay performers. Then we can spend more effort on getting the mediocre performers, those middling performers, to be as good as our best performers. What an opportunity that is. So for me, I'm not saying get rid of all the people. I'm saying let's get rid of the people who don't want to be here, who are actually detracting from the experience, the ones that are, uh, that are creating uh, issues for us and for our business, that aren't providing great service, don't really know the product, all of that. By doing this, by, by introducing something like ordering at the table and paying at the table, we're freeing up our people, freeing up our, our people of a very menial task. And then, and here's the best part, then we allow them to be as human as they can be. Instead of being very transactional, what would you like? Okay, how would you like that cooked? Medium rare, got it. What would you like? Would you like fries with that or the side salad? And how would you like yours cooked? Okay, medium rare. And that's all it is. You're copying stuff down and regurgitating into a computer. So we free them of that because guess what? The computers can do that just fine. And we free them up to be more human, more human than ever before, more human than they've been able to be in the last 250 years. And yes, I know you're going to say, oh, but some servers really relish the, uh, the opportunity to take orders and they use that time to make upsells and all of this. We will find other ways to do that. Once the order goes in, what if then we have our ambassadors, they get pinged, they get a text message because guess what? They all have phones in their pocket. 
It says, table 12, their order is in. And they can go over and scan it, make sure everything looks good, make sure there are no questions. And then they can go over and say, hey, I just saw your order went in. Can I make a quick recommendation? I would add a side of this. Or have you thought about this sauce and this sauce? It's a little bit extra, but it's perfect with that. Hey, it looks like nobody started with appetizers. Can I recommend this for the table? There's an opportunity there, right? They can convince them at that point. Hopefully they've already done a little upselling and as they've been guiding them through the menu, but there's still an opportunity there just like they would when they were taking the order. And they say, oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, great, put it in. I'm telling you, we will have just as much success if we do it that way as, uh, as how we do it now. Because I'm telling you, 70% of the servers out there, and I know, because I dine in a lot of restaurants, I walk the floors of a lot of restaurants and I dine out at a lot of restaurants. Most of the servers out there are just order takers. They Very few of them actually guide, uh, guide the experience, make suggestions. Very few. They don't upsell. They don't. And now we know, because the data shows us, that actually computers can do a better job of this. And if we adopt some of the tools that e-commerce has adopted, right? you know this when you're at Amazon, hey, people who bought this also bought that. We can very easily do that. Hey, would you also like this? Hey, this would be a really good uh, compliment to what you just ordered. Again, e-commerce has it figured out. Not just at Amazon, but all different boutiques and websites and shops, they've done it. The tools already exist. This is the beauty part. We don't have to invent anything. We just have to adopt and adapt the technology and the tools to what we do. To again, be more hospitable, to drive more revenue, to, to, to create a better guest experience. I promise you, 80% of the restaurants out there can very easily implement this, can very easily implement this without much friction. Now, not the fine dining restaurants. I don't think so. I don't think they'll ever be. There should be romance there. There should be heightened. It should be elevated. I totally agree. If that's where you're going to push back, that's what you're going to argue with me about. You're absolutely right. We are in agreement there. But the majority of restaurants out there the sushi restaurants, the Chinese restaurants, the, the taco places, the pizza places, the sub shops, the what, what make up the majority of restaurants, the service they're providing is not so otherworldly, is not so elevated, is not so exceptional that they're creating a better guest experience or driving more revenue. So let the computer do it and free up your people to do the things that will actually affect the business. And here's the thing. Whenever anybody argues with me about this, they can't argue with me about this because they've never seen it. We don't know because we haven't tried. We just keep doing the thing that we know. So when we talk about full service restaurants, I think waiters are a thing of the past. I think 10 years from now, we're gonna laugh that we even had this conversation and I even had to hit record and talk about this. So I don't wanna get rid of all the people. I just wanna use our people better. I wanna uh, compensate them better. I wanna make, uh, make it so we surround ourselves with only the best people only the best people for us and the work environment, and most importantly, for our guests. So getting rid of waiters by rethinking the role, introducing ambassadors or whatever the hell you wanna call them. But I think we deserve better, I think our guests deserve better, and I think our staff deserves better. So when it comes to full service restaurants, there's a solution. When it comes to quick service and fast casual, you gotta integrate kiosk technology. Makes no sense to walk up to a cashier, to a register, give your order, have somebody process the payment and then go make it or then go send the order. There's no reason, especially in fast casual or quick service, the menu is relatively easy, it's simple. There's no reason why we can't accomplish all of that in a, um, in a kiosk. And now again, there's considerable data when we see McDonald's adopting them and Wendy's and Shake Shack and on and on and on and on and on. Uh, we can do it better. Uh, we can do it much better. 
We can create a better guest experience, et cetera, et cetera. And guess what? Cut our payroll, right? If we have to pay somebody 15 or $20 to man the register, I'd rather spend that 15 or $20 somewhere else, right? Like uh, McDonald's, and I said we'd go through this case study a little bit. Uh, so back, I don't know, seven years ago or so when uh, McDonald's rolled out the kiosk technology, there was real resistance internally, right? Because they had a new CEO. It was his idea. He sort of rolled it out. They rolled it out in the UK. Uh, and then in some of the bigger markets here in the United States, New York and San Francisco. And um, as they rolled it out, uh, or as they were thinking about rolling it out, there was real resistance because they felt like they didn't want people to come in and have to transact with a computer. They felt like that was gonna be um, cold and, and transactional. And what they failed to realize is that the experience of placing your order at McDonald's was already cold and transactional. You know, there's an immense pressure on the cashiers to take the order, get the payment, move on. Take the order, get the movement, pay, uh, get the payment, move on. Because they were long lines and they just had to get through the lines because the number one uh, reason they had spillage is because people would come in, look at the long lines, realize it was going to take too long to place their order, and they would leave. And they would go to one of the competitors who were pretty much always right across the street, right? Like Burger King or Wendy's. So there was immense pressure to get those orders processed quickly. It was by definition transactional. And what they realized is that when they introduced the kiosks, they could actually process more payments. They could actually give people more time to place their order. And they, they could actually, they thought, everybody thinks, oh, they did that and they got rid of all this labor. They actually didn't cut labor all that much. What they did was they reallocated their resource. They repositioned the cashiers and they moved them out into the dining room. They had them man the kiosks to answer questions to help guide the, guide the diner through the experience. If anybody needed help, there was somebody there to help. They also sent those people around the dining room to tidy up the dining room, to wipe down tables, clean up garbage and all that, which was something they were never able to keep up with because of the pace of turnover and the kind of kids who come in and make a mess and, you know, smudged ketchup packets and, and wrappers everywhere. And so what they were able to do was simply reposition, again, reallocate those resources. Instead of keeping a cashier at the register, they moved them out. They had them at the kiosk and roaming the floor to keep it tidy and clean, which actually made for more revenue, more sales, and guess what, a better guest experience. So if, you are, uh, if you're running a fast casual or quick service concept and you have not looked at, if you've not considered, if you've not integrated kiosk technology, simply put, the data is clear and you're wrong. You are paying money, you're spending money you don't need to and giving your guests a, a somewhat substandard experience. There's a way to better serve them. And again, if you can reallocate, uh, reallocate those people, instead of having them be merely transactional, have them make small talk. Hey, can I help you with the kiosk? Hey, uh, I love your Yankees hat. Did you see the game last night? On however you need to do it. There's a better way of doing it if we just opened our eyes to it. I'm telling you, 250 years ago or 200 years ago, whenever quick service restaurants were invented, if they had had the technology, they would have in, uh, they would have integrated it. They would have used it. There's no reason to keep it because all it's doing is bogging down our labor cost and not necessarily, not particularly uh, creating a better experience for the guest. And then last, right? I said we'd work we'd work back to this takeout and delivery model. You've got to, right now, every restaurant has to be able to offer takeout and delivery. It ends up being an important revenue stream, even if it's only 5 or 10% of your overall revenue. That's 5 or 10% uh, money that I, I think you'd rather keep. So how do you grow that business? How do you make it more hospitable? You make it really easy to order on your website. 
Um, you make it frictionless and don't have people call. In fact, if people call, some of these automated phone answering uh, services, Pop Menu certainly talked about theirs. I've talked about that. We had uh, the founders on the podcast here already a couple of times. Uh, we demoed their phone answering technology. It's fantastic, way better than I thought it was going to be. Uh, but you can prompt people to order online. You can then say, hey, you can have the the uh, the computer say, hey, I just sent you a text with the link to order online. That's the best, easiest fastest way uh, to, to order your food. That kind of stuff, those kind of touches are really great. And then if some person insists on placing their order online or over the phone with a real life person, fine. But I'm guaranteeing you, you will have, um, you will have uh, retargeted 90 people. You, you will have diverted 90% of the people who are calling, who are calling in because they just didn't know that you had online ordering available. Sure, I'll go do that if that's easier, no problem. So when we think about restaurants and how we service restaurants and and really how we incorporate or how we can incorporate technology, I wanted to have be the, this to be a conversation about how we rethink the role of the waiter because I think we do need to rethink the role of the waiter. We still have people, we're a people business. We can't get away from that. I don't think we ever will. At least I hope we never will. But I think we have to rethink the role of the waiter. So instead of waiters, I think we need to make them ambassadors. Instead of cashiers, we need to have them be whatever it is that they are. Just like McDonald's reposition those people, I think you can easily reposition your people and utilize those people better so that they actually create a better guest experience and actually drive more revenue, which is what we're after at the end of the day. How do we make a more profitable business? Because the business has got to work for us. We work hard enough for it. It's got to work for us, but we have to put the business in a position to provide us with the things we need. The only way we'll get there, I promise you, over the next five, 10 years is by rethinking every single system in our restaurant. And if we look at the systems, we say, nope, that still works. We started doing that a couple hundred years ago, still works, still the best way, fine. But at least you've gone through the exercise of actually figuring out that it is still the most efficient way. And I think what you'll do is you'll find that 60, 70, maybe 80% of the stuff that we do actually uh, actually isn't the best way that we could be doing it. That's what it comes down to. Uh, over the course of this year, I'm gonna invite us to really rethink uh, a lot about what we do in the restaurants, and I think and I hope it's gonna make the difference. So listen, on today's episode, we talked about the problem, talked about a bunch of solutions. Even if you disagree with me on the solutions, I hope you can agree with me on the problem. And if you don't like my solutions, then I challenge you to go find your own. Uh, mine are not the only ideas. Certainly, there are tons of smart people out there. You are certainly smart enough to come up with a better way of doing this. But it begins by acknowledging the problem and saying, yeah, yeah, we're better than this. We can solve this. So that's it for today's episode. Appreciate you guys being here very much. Big thanks to all the sponsors on this show. I will see you next time.